Peace and blessings, everyone. I'm your host, Sean Crystal Parker, and welcome to episode 27 of Real Shift Happens. In this episode, we have a very special guest who's an author and teacher of metaphysics. So stay tuned because you don't want to miss a thing. I go within, walking in the fertile soil of my own being. There, my ancestors' fossilized footprints lead the path to my destiny, embedded in my soul. I can feel the pain and the toil, the sorrow. I bear the weight on my shoulders, but also the joy, the laughter, the song. I hear my community deep within my spirit, quietly guiding my footsteps along the path. I go within. Thank you so much for joining me. So on this episode, I'm so excited to be speaking with the author of the book, The Church of the Cosmic Mother, Metaphysics for the African American Seeker. So this book is so powerful. It really stuck with me and I was so gracious to have Um, the invitation accepted by the author for this podcast. So she's going to be speaking to us all about Afro metaphysics and black liberation. And you definitely do not want to miss this. And this is right after our five minute focus shift. Returning to the source is serenity. meditation. Sit comfortably in your chair. Close your eyes and relax. One of the best ways to train your brain to focus on the positive is through practicing the state of appreciation. Bring your awareness to your breath. Taking deep breaths in and relaxing as you breathe out. Breathing in slowly and breathing out slowly. We are now going to learn a good way to celebrate the gifts in our life. Continue to breathe slowly in and breathe slowly out. Remember a time 
when you felt really grateful for a special moment in your life. It could be with family, a loved one, friends, or in nature. Let your heart feel that feeling like the warmth of the sun is shining on it. Feel that warm sun moving from your heart to all over your body. through your arms and your legs into your fingers and toes. Enjoy this feeling of being surrounded as though your entire body is being wrapped in a warm, cozy blanket. Continue to breathe in and out gently as you feel grateful and happy. Try to embrace this feeling for as long as possible. Now slowly, gently open your eyes and welcome back. And coming back to present moment awareness. Yes, once again, such a peaceful peaceful five minutes, right? Don't you agree? If you didn't get a chance to do it right now, just save this episode or any of the episodes. They all have a five-minute focus shift in them, and you can do it at any time. You can do it before bed. You can do it when you wake up in the morning. Um, Anytime that you want to have a moment of calm, take that time. Just do it. And if you are able, try to do it every single day. It really, really makes a difference because it is an accumulative um, effect. So the more you do it, the more of effect, the effect you will feel in yourself. So definitely, definitely take that time. 
So on to the topic at hand. This episode, we are talking to our very special guest, um, and she's going to break down some knowledge and wisdom for us regarding black liberation and Afro-metaphysics. And if you haven't really heard of those terms, she's definitely going to explain them more. And I just want to get right into this interview. It's fascinating. So stay tuned right now. So this episode, our very special guest is an author and teacher of metaphysics, Deborah Turner Bay, and I'm so happy that she's here with us today. So grateful and excited to have her on the show. Welcome, Deborah. How are you? Well, hi, Sean. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on your program. I'm excited. Oh, great. I'm so excited, too. And so I wanted to just take a minute and talk about like how I met you and mm-hmm. how the universe brought me <laughs> to you because I was looking online for um, someone who teaches metaphysics. And uh, actually, I was looking for black metaphysicians. That's the exact term that I looked for on Google. And I found your book, which is an amazing book. And it's all about um, metaphysics. And so I found your email and emailed you, reached out to you, and you were so gracious. And I'm so, so, so happy that we met. And so, yeah, I, I just wanted to have you on the show to talk about um, Afro metaphysics and Black liberation theology. And tell us all about yourself and your work. And how did you get into this? Well, Sean, um, I was born in Kansas City, Missouri. And as far back as I can remember, I've been a nonconformist when it comes to religion and spirituality, because when I was little and forced to go to our um, neighborhood Baptist church several times a week, I absolutely hated it. Mm. I felt that it was uh, contradictory in so many ways. And asking questions just got me popped upside the back of my head. Mm. So I did not enjoy it. Nothing really sank in. Nothing really spoke to me. So um, as soon as I was old enough that I couldn't be made to go to church anymore, I quit going. And in fact, all the way into my 30s, I considered myself an atheist. Mm. But... um, One day, one Mother's Day, I think it was back in probably way back in about 1988, uh, my mother insisted that the Banks women, me, her, and my sister, go to church together. And we ended up at my sister's predominantly black unity church. And that was my first introduction to metaphysics. Mm. Um, I was utterly amazed at these prosperous black Christians who didn't call Jesus God. They called Jesus their elder brother and their way shower. Mm. And uh, they practiced the belief, which was the first time I really heard of this, that mind is the creator of reality. 
And um, Unity Church was also where I learned that there is only one thing, that God is all there is. So uh, to be honest, I'm still to this day not a religious person because I've never been able to have faith in a God outside myself. That even when I considered myself an atheist, I saw that thing that was greater than me in Mother Nature, in the orderliness of nature. So, um, you know, once I found metaphysics, then I, you know, I, to this day, I'm digging, digging, digging. I want to mm-hmm. know, know more. So I also uh, enrolled in the School of Metaphysics in Kansas City, Kansas. And rather than their focus being on spirituality, it was actually on developing our psychic abilities. So through, you know, rigorous um, meditation and concentration exercises, the students there learned how to do things like um, astral travel and how to do remote healing or channeling or ESP and some of those other abilities. So, um, you know, I, I had kind of both of those approaches to metaphysics, but I still wasn't satisfied. What I needed for me personally was to find evidence in the real world. I needed uh, physical proof, so to speak. And that's what made me go to um, college and study physics. And um, I eventually got my undergraduate degree in physics and mathematics with a minor in philosophy. And that's where I found what I needed because uh, by studying disciplines like mathematics and quantum physics and neurophilosophy, I did find my God in the natural world. Because physics, being the study of the physical world, provided that physical evidence I needed, that consciousness is the creator of reality. And that's how I learned to call God by her mathematical name, which is E equals MC squared. And that simply states that energy and matter are one and the same thing. And then the best news is that I learned how to call the human being by our mathematical name, which is E equals C equals MC squared, because we possess self-awareness, consciousness. And that is the secret to how we human beings convert pure energy into physical manifestation. So that's my foundation. And also, you know, I would have to throw in there with the Afro metaphysics part. Um, I have been an activist uh, since my teenage years. And, you know, basically what would be considered a black radical. Mm -hmm. And that has never changed because I think that we need more than ever for us to take care of ourselves, to stop looking to others, you know, like, again, looking outside yourself for your salvation, Mm. 
that we need to know that we have it within ourselves to liberate ourselves. So that's kind of how I got to this place. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. Um, I love how you were able to take the metaphysics from the church or the unity church and then also the education from regular physics and bring them together like that and have it make sense for you. Yeah. And that's important. I can appeal to people because most people generally are okay with having faith. Mm. But not everybody is. And so for people like me who need for there either to be evidence Mm -hmm. or at the very least have everything make logical sense where it all connects up together with no contradiction, Mm -hmm. um, I felt it was important that those people have a place to go to find their spirituality. Hmm, that's amazing because I think many times in the black community, we feel as though we do have to choose kind of between the major religions that are there, um, Judaism, Islam, or Christianity. And sometimes if you don't, you know, have those beliefs or if your faith is wavering, it can become a problem or a stigma. So I think it's important to discuss other belief systems and have an open conversation about spirituality outside of the religions. Right, right. That's the way I feel about it. And I'll Mm -hmm. tell you, um, feeling powerless is the main reason that I think that um, Afro-metaphysics and Black liberation theology that our time has come. Mm -hmm. Because we were already feeling powerless before. But now, with the the extraordinary conditions we're living under now, we really feel at a loss to do anything about our situation, any substantial thing about our situation. And this is where it becomes important to know that we are not powerless. Not only are we not powerless, But we literally are God incarnate Mm. in physical form because there is only one thing. Mm. That's the simple part of it. There is only one thing. So there is nothing that exists that is not God. But where we stand apart is our self-awareness, our consciousness, so that we can purposefully create our reality. That's something we need to know. Mm, that's that's deep. And that goes along with the Black liberation theology, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, with Black liberation theology, I wrote up kind of um, five principles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people can go on my website and read more about it. But if you would like for me to just kind of go over them. Sure. Really quickly, I can do that. Mm-hmm, definitely. Well, okay, well, let's do that. Um, I say that uh, principle number one is that black liberation theology is a philosophy, not a religion. Mm-hmm. It's a system of beliefs or values and actions based on the premise that there is only one thing and we are it clothed in human form. Mm. 
And since it's a philosophy and not a religion, BLT doesn't require anyone to worship anything outside themselves. Mm-hmm. It actually teaches that uh, the fundamental truth of our existence is that we and God are one and the same thing. And I like the quote from uh, Neville from his book, Resurrection, that says, everything you believe God to be, you are, but you will never know it of yourself until you stop believing it of another and start believing it of yourself. Mm. That's a great quote. Yeah, it's a wonderful quote. So we're saying you you don't have to worship or bow down or take anybody's word for anything because Black liberation theology is not a religion. It's just a, sim- a system of beliefs that help uh, guide action. Mm. And okay, and so number two is that BLT is metaphysical, not denominational. And that means that it recognizes that there is no single religion or sacred text, just what you were talking about, or sect or denomination that has claimed to truth with a capital T. Mm. And in fact, it is universal because it's based on the mathematical principles of the master equation E equals MC squared. So no one need give up their religion if they are a religious person or whatever spirituality that they're already engaged in or practicing in because um, E equals MC squared covers it all. Mm. Nothing falls outside of that. So you are free to do you spiritually and still know that you and God are one. And let's see, number three, BLT reveres the divine feminine. And this is the one that I think people have the most trouble with. Because we have been presented with a white-skinned male God image that we've been indoctrinated with to worship. And it is ubiquitous. It is everywhere, and it is multi-generational. Mm. So, you know, I talk about in the book, when you say God or Father or Lord or whoever you call God, what are you seeing in your mind? What does that entity look like? And I imagine for almost all Black people in the three religions that you mentioned, the the three monotheistic religions that most of us uh, subscribe to in one way or the other, it doesn't look like you. Hmm. And so we've got this white-skinned male God image that is very damaging to our psyche because it represents the belief that light is holy and darkness is evil. And in contrast, then, the divine feminine principle not only represents darkness as holy, but darkness as most holy, and darkness as reflected in our dark skin. Mm. So we need to allow for balance. And when I say most holy, I know that probably needs a little bit more explanation, but I have to refer back to the physics again. 
in the created universe, everything does have both sides, a both and. There is no such thing in the created universe as an absolute truth. There is only one absolute truth. But when we look at physics, we find that 95% of what exists in the created universe is dark. Mm -hmm. Even if you think about all of the galaxies and all of the stars and anything else from the smallest to the largest thing, still, most of it is dark, invisible. So mm -hmm. we need to start giving dark a different darkness and blackness a different connotation. And the antidote to believing in a white male God who we are not God's favorite people, by the way, we're the curse of ham people, if you remember. Right. <laughs> um, this is the antidote to light is holy and darkness is evil. And we need to get this so that we can help our children resist this indoctrination. Um, for ourselves, yes, of course, but our children are coming up in a culture where they are made to accept that black is evil or dark is evil and light is holy and pure. We, we have to do something about that. And the divine feminine, which does represent darkness, is how we can do that. Mm. So let's see. Number four is that BLT is unapologetically black national. Mm. You know, we want freedom. Right. And we want it now. We've been waiting a really long time. I, I am from a generation that came of age in the 60s where we thought we were going to get it. I mean, one way or the other, you had the nonviolent approach, and then you had the uh, we're carrying rifles and defending ourselves approach. And, you know, either one of them could have taken us there, we thought. Mm -hmm. But when... And I was of the nonviolent, you know, I honestly had the, um, what's his name, the Rodney, can't we all just get along, whoever that, I forgot his name. Oh, Rodney Rod King. Yeah. Rodney King. Mm -hmm. I was of the can't we all just get along right. camp until um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was so violently murdered. Mm. And that flipped me. Right. It really did. That was, in my opinion, our last best hope for um, being able to do this in the way that he envisioned. Uh, the society we live in just simply was not going to let that happen. So um, we have to, I think, start taking it upon ourselves to see to our own needs spiritually economically socially and every other way that we have to live in the world because you know that's all we really want black people aren't talking about seeking world domination that's right. not characteristic of our race at all so we don't even have to concern ourselves with that um, what we're talking about is creating balance 
justice and wholeness. And that's not going to happen if we're sitting around waiting for the powers that be to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. So let's see. And then number five is salvation is DIY. And I have to say, this is my favorite principle, and I don't think it needs much explanation. Each and every one of us is God incarnate, and therefore, we are here to express our unique, individual God gifts out into the world. So every one of us has talents and interests that we can engage in that both make us happy and at the same time provide our own unique flavor of service out into the world. But you know what? Without works, without taking action, our gifts are dormant and faith is dead. Mm-hmm. Faith without works is dead. So Black Liberation Theology says it's time we both look inward to our best life as individuals, but also outward to our best life as people, because everything in the created universe is a both and. It's never an either or. And, you know, if you think about the uh, yin-yang symbol, boy, I mean, that is the pictorial explanation Mm. of the created universe, because The circle represents the whole thing. But within it, you can see both the light and dark elements, each one having the seed of the other within it. And when one of them, one of the sides gets out of balance, it ends up turning into its opposite. Mm. And so, you know, that is, in my opinion, boy, you could study that all day and get more and more insight out of it. But it everything is a both and. It's like breathing. So we have our inner work that we can do and then bring our work out into the world so that God is expressing through us out in the world. Mm. So that's kind of the, you know, just an overview of the, the five principles and um, it's just a guideline, just a way for us to be in the world. Because, you know, just like um, Afro-metaphysics is mostly the spiritual arm and, and kind of the umbrella, mm-hmm. Black liberation theology is the roll up your sleeves and let's get this done mm. arm of it. So mm. hopefully, you know, people can take something from that and be inspired to um, be God in the world and stop putting that off on another entity somewhere outside yourself that you're not really even sure who it is or what it looks like. It's not required in order for us to be spiritual people. Um, that's, that's powerful, super powerful. Do you think that this philosophy and this ideas really are coming more for this age that we're coming into? And like, you know, all of those ideas from the past age of Pisces are kind of falling away and, you know, all of those things. I absolutely do think that. I think that, um, 
these ideas maybe may not be widely accepted at Mm -hmm. this time or widely acceptable, but our paradigms have no choice but to shift under the current circumstances because we're living through circumstances that we never could have even imagined. Mm -hmm. And people are looking for something real, something that they can depend on, um, something that will help them not only get through this terrible time, Mm -hmm. but to thrive in the future. And so, yes, I believe that the age, we weren't expecting it to come like this. Right. (laughs) But the age that we are in does require us to let go of Mm. some of these old paradigms that had their place Mm. at their time. Mm -hmm. But we are in the 21st century now. And for African-Americans, the promise that we had back, like I said, during the 60s, or even back before that, we know that as long as we've been on this soil, we have struggled as a people just to be recognized for the the valuable human beings that we are and fighting against white supremacy. And it's in everybody's mind. It's not like just white people think that. Unfortunately, many of us have been so indoctrinated. Mm -hmm. And we cannot continue along that path. We, you know, we are the only people And when I say only, we are the only nationality, because we don't consider ourselves a nationality, Mm. that does not have some mechanism to take care of its own. You know, my sister was married to a Liberian man. Mm. And Danielle, the first thing he did when he got to Kansas City was join the Liberian Association. And... Mm. All nationalities have that. I don't care if you're Korean, Nigerian, whoever it is. They have some way for their nationals to come together with their own people for help and support and community. But because we have been duped and tricked into thinking that integration is our salvation, we've never considered ourselves a nationality, which we are, and we've never allowed ourselves to be okay with communing as such, because you know why? It looks like segregation. It looks like the terrible stuff that was done to us. Mm. So we certainly don't want to have organizations where white people are excluded. I've fought this battle for as long as I can remember. If you call yourself a black organization, then where's the problem with keeping it black? I don't Mm. get it. I don't Mm. get it. And I will continue to uh, advocate for us having our own organizations, our own systems, our own places where our children are being educated, our own financial institutions, so that integration then has meaning because it means that we can choose to be integrated or we can choose not to, that we are under no one's thumb or obligation to uh, take crumbs or handouts or or abide by the rules of a group of people 
who do not have our best interest at heart. That's our job to have our best interest at heart. So I I am continuing to advocate that we have our own organizations and our own gathering places. And if anybody um, has seen the Afro Metaphysics uh, website, I am rabid about keeping that a safe place for Black people. And if I suspect, I don't even have a problem with asking, are you Black? Well, no, well, I'm not talking to you. Mm. And you're not, this is not your place because white people are so used to being entitled Mm. to go where they want, to do what they want, to say what they want. They feel there is nothing that they feel like they're not entitled to. And that includes our black organizations where we're trying to plan for our own survival and for our own ways to thrive. That our interests are our interests and we are entitled to assemble and gather together to take care of those interests among ourselves. We're not going to agree on everything, but it's our discussion to have. Mm -hmm. It's our discussion to have. Mm -hmm. So, you know, between Afro-metaphysics and Black liberation theology, absolutely, this is spirituality. And, you know, I I call it Black spirituality for the 21st century. Mm. But there need not be that division between black spirituality and black self-determination. Mm. There, there is no separation in my mind. Right, because it seems now that the doctrines kind of like, um, if you do have the spirituality, the determination maybe should not be there in a way. You know what I, I mean? It like contradicts. We don't want to do to other people what's been done to us it is perfectly Mm. understandable but it's a trick it's Mm. a trick it's a smoke screen gathering together for our own best interest does anybody say to jewish people that you can't have this jewish community center over here that's racist Mm -hmm. no nobody does and we have to stop thinking in that way, when we think about having our own organizations that simply are ours and that white people are just plain, they don't belong there. They don't yeah. belong there. And so, you know, I doubt that hardly any other maybe, well, no, that's not true. That's not true because you know what? There's an excellent example right here. Uh, I'm in Florida, in St. Petersburg, Florida where uh, the African People's Socialist Party never has allowed white membership. What Mm. they have done is they have uh, an auxiliary organization for white people who support their work, and their job is to talk to other white people Mm. and Mm. get their heads straight. Mm. And so that's the kind of thing that I think is going to be most useful to us. It's not that we can't have white allies or right. white supporters, but if they're, they are our real allies and our real supporters, then they should not have a problem with our saying, okay, 
this is our space as black people. If you would like to support us, you know how, what you can do. You can go talk to other white people and see if you can, um, you know, put that information out among mm-hmm. your people. So right. that's kind of where I am with all this. Again, I know it's not a popular approach. I know it's not something that we're accustomed to. And I also know that it goes against um, how we as a people are more nurturing and more caring. We're not so much about counting and accumulating as we are about relationships and caring. Mm-hmm. So it does not come easily to us but it's necessary it's necessary and maybe in this new age with everything that's going on we'll we'll see that as being a more attractive option and at least give it a try yeah it might just be a good time with everything that's going on right now because a lot of people are searching within themselves and kind of looking for answers like you said Sure, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, we're almost at the point of what do we have to lose? You know, what we've done is not working like we like. Mm -hmm. So let's see, you know, what do we have to lose by trying to uplift our own, take care of ourselves, look after our own future and our own children's future and the legacy that we're leaving them and not depend on, on someone else some other group of people who have different interests to do that. Mm. And it's on so many levels. Oh, goodness. <sighs> I know. I know. I, I think that's one of the things I like so much about metaphysics is because you can pretty much cram anything under that umbrella <laughs> mm. and, and give you options, power. Mm. You are not powerless. And, you know, the things that I talked about, for instance, with the School of Metaphysics, where we were developing those psychic abilities, which I was Mm. never all great at, but I did like the remote healing. I did well on that. Um, But learning what your consciousness is and what it does. And once it sinks in that what you see in your life has um, made its way there from your consciousness, then everything changes. Now, nobody, of course, wanted coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Nobody wanted that here. Mm -hmm. However, you know, when I was kind of going through my, oh, man, I had a rough time there for a while with this. But what occurred to me is, no, we didn't create this on purpose. We didn't create this experience on purpose. But what we did do, and I don't think I'm alone in this, is when it was going on, you know, when you had SARS over in China and uh, some of these other uh, disasters and catastrophes in other parts of the world, we looked at the news and said, oh, that's a shame. Mm. Well, you know what? There's no better way to develop compassion than to have the experience yourself. And every experience is a learning opportunity. Every Mm. single one. How do you know what joy is if you never have diversity? And how do you feel strengthen your spiritual muscle, your ability to create in your life if you never have anything to practice on? So it's not that we will never have trouble or sorrow 
or sadness in our life or loss, we will. That's life. We're human beings. Mm -hmm. It's how you meet those situations that makes all the difference in what you create in your future life. And we have not only that ability, but we're doing it all the time, whether we Mm -hmm. know that we're doing it or not. And that's important. That's an important um, point is that it's happening whether we know it or not. So to be have it be more directed and to ha- be conscious and be fully aware that um, this is what we're doing, we can then make the better choices to create what we want. Right. And I call it creating on purpose with a purpose. Mm. So, and you know, it just takes a little mindfulness, just checking in with yourself and hearing what you're saying to yourself or taking the time to meditate so you can hear what's being said to you. That's Mm. a small voice from within. But absolutely, we are creating, you can see the content of your consciousness just by looking at what appears in your world. And there is such a thing as the collective consciousness. That's why Mm -hmm. I think that I think most of us, you know, we look at disasters in other places and, okay, so 200,000 people died. We say, oh, that's just so terrible. But we didn't get it. Mm, That might be like for those people until now. So definitely compassion will grow out of this experience that we're having now. Nobody wants it. Nobody asks for it. But here it is. Now, how do we deal with it? Yeah, I totally agree with that. Now, also in your book, The Church of the Cosmic Mother, in chapter five, you talk about methods of practice. Is that something you can go over quickly with us? Well, always first of all, uh, would be meditation. And, you know, for every person, it's different. Some people do better with a guided meditation. Some people do better with uh, silent meditation. Some people consider their yoga and other forms of moving meditation is the best way. But somehow or the other, be able to quiet yourself long enough to be able to um, reach that inner voice that they call it the still small voice in the Bible. We can't hear that when we're running around dealing with our day-to-day lives, which we have to do, but we have to take some time every day. I mean, things like uh, reading sacred texts or doing automatic writing and journaling. These are all ways, uh, different ways that we can commune with our sacred self. But you know, every really successful person does this. Mm -hmm. They have some method that they employ, maybe more than one. It might be um, getting that runner's high when they're out in nature or whatever it is. But every successful person knows the value of stepping away from the everyday demands of life in order to do some introspection. So that's always um, my first preference. 
as far as practices we need to perform. And then there's an interesting part about that, too. I call it grace, where, yeah, you know you're going to get the benefits that you expect, but there's a little something extra there that's imparted to you, that's gifted to you when you do that. And I experience it all the time. I think to myself, well, where'd that come from? You know, I'm opening up my mouth to get ready to say something nasty to somebody. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because my brain is saying one thing and I open up my mouth and what comes out is something completely different, compassionate (laughs) and loving. And I'm thinking to myself, well, who said that? And, (laughs) And it happens all of the time when you take that time for introspection, you will find serendipitous Mm. um, things happening. You will find um, whatever it is that you've been seeking or asking for, desiring in your life, you'll see almost miraculous ways in which it's brought right to you. Mm. So all of those things are benefits of taking some time for meditation and and meditation comes in so many forms I would just say anything that feels like meditation to you that takes Mm. you from your everyday you know stress and strain of life uh, will do that for you Hmm. so you know I guess they're kind of all wrapped up there in one as far as the meditation is concerned but um, I do want to also mention that educating ourselves is something that I think is absolutely necessary for us to do. Mm-hmm. This, uh, looking at the news, which is really not news, all it is is fear-mongering right. and you know, what the powers that be want to put out there and then the ability to do fake news and all that now, that that is not helpful to us. What is helpful to us, and I, I wrote a blog post on this um, having to do with sacred text. Look at the black authors who are teaching, and it doesn't even matter what they're teaching, but learn how to research and read for yourself and read on your own and listen to people who have the same interests that you have. I mean, there's so many great books out there, and I do love your your book review segment. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah. Every, nobody can read every book, mm. but everybody has read books that they would recommend to someone else. And right. so I I would like to say that I find it equally important to read, educate ourselves, and not take anybody else's word for anything. Mm-hmm. Make up your read, get the facts, compare what makes sense, and then make up your own mind. We need to do a heck of a lot more of that. Mm. So true. I mean, reading is like a lost art nowadays. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Well, you know, and it is. And unfortunately for our children, Critical thinking, you know, I was talking to Mm. my son the other day and and we had this conversation about critical thinking, how when they were little kids, we were watching a political debate. And when the political debate was over, then, of course, the talking heads came on and they're going to tell you 
who won the debate. And I said to them way back then, look, you were watching it. You have eyes to see. You had ears to hear. You watched this for yourself. So you need no one to interpret for you who won that debate. Mm. Always engage in critical thinking. Gather the facts, yes. Do your best to gather them from reliable sources. Mm -hmm. But then use your own common sense and your own gut instinct to decide what it is that you're willing to accept. So I, I highly recommend that people do a lot more reading. There are so many excellent books. I, it, I, if I get on this subject, we'll be doing that for a half hour. So <laughs> alone, just say, read, read. Yes. And I mean, uh, you know, your, your um, what's it, Facebook news feed, books, read. <laughs> mm, right. I mean, I love your book. Um, I didn't mention the title, actually, The Church of the Cosmic Mother, Metaphysics for the African-American Seeker. And we plan on doing a review of your book coming soon. So that's going to be great. I can't wait. <laughs> but uh, Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Oh, my gosh. I love it. So, I mean... Okay, Deborah. I mean, I don't want to hold up too much of your time. Um, I know me and you can talk forever, right? I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I definitely want to let you go. But before we go, can you let us know your website again and how we can reach you? And um, like I said, the book is out there. It's on Amazon. And um, any other information you want us to know? Well, um, just about the website, um, it's www.afrometaphysics.org, and um, there are a number of blog posts on there. I wrote one just recently after a year's hiatus while I started studying energy healing modalities, and, you know, that's where my work has really turned to now, mm. but um there are blog posts on there that I would love if people read them and they have uh, feelings about them one way or the other. They have questions. I would love for those to uh, have some kind of discussion on them if anybody feels so moved. But afrometaphysics.org is mm -hmm. the home of afrometaphysics, and that's where I would send people. Awesome. We'll definitely check out your blog. Oh, we're going to definitely... Uh, invite you back later too to talk about some energy healing modalities right yes <laughs> I am really excited about that one because yes. that seems to be the direction my work is taking me now and mm -hmm. uh, boy we need that healing so badly we do so badly. oh my goodness from the earth to every soul on the earth <laughs> absolutely you are absolutely right so thank you so much, Deborah. I really, really appreciate you coming on and talking to us and giving us all the wisdom. And that was only a snippet. Like, I know, like, I, I want to just like go in your brain and like get <laughs> all because <the laughs> I mean, with the math and the, it's like, you know, you have all the parts covered. So I know it, I know it goes deep. Well, I appreciate you so much for giving me this opportunity. Um, I, I just, 
I guess the time had come for this as well, because mm-hmm. up till now, you know, I've only done you know, just some writing, uh, the book and the stuff that I do online. And I'm trying to drag myself into the 21st century and um, start taking advantage of some of this technology that we have to commune and come together. So you don't know how much I appreciate your giving me this opportunity. Oh, thank you. Well, when you do have any events coming up, let me know and I'll definitely let everyone know. And like I said, we'll have you back and we're going to look forward to the book. And so thank you so much, Deborah. Have a good well, day. Sean. You as well. Talking to Deborah, and I really appreciate her taking the time out to drop those jewels. Yes. Well, on that note, I think I'll wrap it up here. And until next time, what do we do? We must do the inner work and create a shift in our own consciousness, which creates a shift in the collective consciousness. That's the goal. Hey, don't forget, if you can, support our podcast at anchor.fm slash real shift happens you can also drop us a message at that same address and we'd love to hear from you on any thoughts on this episode or any of the episodes and don't forget to sign up for the real shift book club and read or listen to um, any of our book club selections we have another one coming up for may i haven't announced it yet actually and i will soon But go ahead and sign up for Audible and you can be prepared to join the book club. You can listen to some of the other books that we suggested. Just go to audibletrial.com slash real shift happens and you can get two free audiobooks and 30 days for free. So you definitely have a chance to get in on the book club. And until next episode, Real Shifters, go within and make Real Shift happen. Peace.